ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا وسيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله صلى الله عليه وعلى اله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا اما بعد I welcome all of you. We continue reading from the book Tafsir al-Nasik, Tafsir al-Nasik bi ahkam al-Manasik, li fadilat al-Shaykh Abdul Muhsin bin Hamad al-Abbad al-Badr, Hafidahullah. We still have a lot to cover, and we don't have a lot of time. We have uh, less than two weeks to finish this. That's why, inshallah, I will apologize. <coughs> And I'm going to go ahead and uh, just do the translation in English. Al-Mustahabbatu fi al-Hajj wa al-Amr. Now we get on the point. After the Shaykh mentioned, Hafidahullah, the pillars of Hajj al-Amrah, al-Wajibat, al-Hajj wa al-Amrah, the obligatory elements in Hajj al-Amrah. Now we're going to read to you what is recommended and optional in Hajj al-Amrah. It says this mustahabbat is those recommended things, not obligatory, that still the pilgrim should apply so that he will increase in his reward. That's what they are there for. But he doesn't have, nor she has to do these things. These recommended things only to increase in reward and if a person does not fulfill this, or any of them, doesn't have to expiate for it. You remember for the obligatory elements, the wajibat, they have to slaughter an animal. And to be given to the poor in Mecca. But these recommended things and optional things, if a person does not act upon them, there is no expiation upon them, nor sin. Unless if a person, the Shaykh says, didn't act upon them because he don't want to, and out of, you know, out of, تَرَكَهَا رَغْبَةً عَنْهَا you know, he don't care. Somebody who don't care, he said that he becomes sinful already. You know? But if a person knows that these things, alhamdulillah, they are from the sunnah, and they are increasing reward, but for whatever reason, he got busy, he forgot, but the person should act upon these things as well, to the best of their abilities. Because the Prophet says, Whoever does not act upon my sunnah, he is not one of me. He is Bukhari and Muslim. We are intended with the sunnah here in this hadith, the Prophet says, whoever does not comply with my sunnah, follow my sunnah, he is not one of me. He says, this includes all that which in the book and the sunnah, whether it is the obligatory things or the recommended. Okay. 
However, the ulama he says, if a person leave off an optional, it doesn't mean that he's not a Muslim. That's not what the hayb means. It means he's not, you know, upon the complete guidance of the Prophet that the person should be. So he's deficient in following because he followed the obligatory, but don't follow the optional. And it doesn't mean that he's not one of me, meaning he's not a Muslim. Okay. Person exit the Islam by doing one of the things that nullify one's Islam. And they are well known, alhamdulillah, with certain condition as well as the ulama has mentioned. The Sheikh says now these optional things that we should do once you're in Hajj, that's why you go to Hajj for. You don't go for vacation. And be lazy like certain people. They go there and get lazy. Do this. Uh, is it? Where's it? Nah, I can't do it. You're in Hajj. Couple of weeks. It's going to finish. Try to do your best. I'll say this as it is. Unless if you're sick. Unless if you're really busy to do something that is obligatory. No, you're not going to leave what is obligatory for what is optional. He said, many are those optional things. Okay? In Hajj and Umrah. From them are Ramal. Well, it's about the only Tawafi to be in Mohim, the Hajjin or Umrah, the Qayyim Mecca. A Ramal and a Tiba. These are two terms that you, you, you should know. These two terms occurs only in the first Tawaf. When you just arrive to Mecca, whether for Umrah or for Hajj, and the first thing you will do, not going to Arafat or Mina, is to make Tawaf around the Kaaba. That first Tawaf of yours, it is recommended to do a Ramal and Ittiba'ah. What is a Ramal? A Ramal is that for the men, not the women, and also ittiba is for men only, not for the women. These two are for the men. A ramal in the first three rounds, because we do seven rounds around the Kaaba. In the first three, you jog slightly. You cannot like you're not running, but you cannot like walking fa- walking faster with steps short and small steps. Okay? But this the ulama this says Keep in mind it's optional. If you didn't do it, your tawaf is still okay, alhamdulillah. But try to do it. But if somebody forget, it's not, you don't have to make the tawaf again. Or if you go over there and there is a crowd, it's crowded around the Kaaba. What are you going to do? Like some ignorant people, they want to practice the sunnah, and what they do? Start pushing people. Get out of my way, practice the sunnah, ramal, ramal. And pushing this way, moving this. Now what these people are doing to, to, to practice the sunnah, what are they doing? Harming people. Is a harming people another sunnah? Optional? It's haram. So we don't commit haram to fulfill an optional. No. So what to do now? Go back to the hotel and wait until it's, uh, it's empty? It's not going to get empty, Allah Allah. What you do? No rumble for you that day. That's it. Allah Akbar. Walk like others. Right, Sajid? That's a rumble. You know it, right? What is ittiba? Ittiba is for the men also. 
So the woman doesn't do, if, even if the woman doesn't run, okay, they walk. Sheikh Ibn Baz and others, they said, if a man now with his wife, he doesn't run and drag her, come on, you, you little torture, sulahfat, you, you know, so slow, come on, no, he walk with her. He walk with her. Even if there is space, he walk with his wife. Alright? What is ittiba? I want to show it, but can we use yours? No. No. Can we use it? Your ghusra? Talking to you, Saif. Can we use your ghusra? No. She don't mind. Here's the ittiba. Here, here, bring it here. You know the man and the the man, not the woman. The woman, they're. The women, the women, their clothings are the clothings of ihram. The women don't go and put another clothing. No, they're regular clothing. The men, they have to take everything. This ghutra shouldn't be there. Okay? The men, they take everything. Of course, not in front of the people. They do it in the bathroom, in a secluded room. And they cover themselves, the top, with a piece of cloth like this, but it's it be rectangular, not like this one, triangle, ghutra, because this is a, a ghutra. Okay? And then they have another izar under the bottom, okay? To cover. There is a certain way we, we teach the people how to do that so it doesn't fall, you know? So if you fall, that's a problem. Alright? So you're like this. What is ittiba? You expose and uncover your right shoulder. Another lid. But how you do it? Drop it under your armpit and throw it on the left shoulder like this. Okay? What do you do this? In the first tawaf. Only the first tawaf. Not in Sa'i, not in Arafat, not in Muzdalifah, not in Mina, not in Jamarat, even though you're going to see a lot of people doing that. And you have to command good and forbid evil. Tell the people, Akhi. Sometimes you don't know the language. Some people, you just look at them and say, Akhi, uh, they love oh. And they put it. Some people, you talk to them in Arabic. Ya Akhi, a sunnah. MJ, get away. You know the sunnah. You're going to teach me the sunnah. You don't want to listen to you. Some people, you don't even talk to them. You don't know. They're from China, from Turkey, from Africa. You don't know their... Their... Zakallah you don't know even their language. You just smile and tell them. You tap your, your shoulder and tell them cover. And they give you a smile and they cover their shoulder. Other people, you speak to them in their language. They speak and they understand. You tell them the sunnah the Prophet said. They look at you and they're like. <laughs> and then they keep going and they keep doing it. Allah alam, you command good and you forbid evil. Inshallah, they listen. Good for them. They don't. Good for you because you did what you could. No, all seven. You do the ittiba, the, the ramal, only the first three. Once you do it, if you can, then the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh is walking. But this ittiba in all seven. Once you finish the seventh one, before you pray Torah, you have to cover your shoulder already. And that shoulder will be covered until you come back home. All right? Ciao.
Uh, if we're going to do questions, we're not going to finish the class. Father, quick. Okay. I'm going to give you a quick answer. Okay. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I said we're going to give a quick answer. I said, I love you. Father. The right, not the left. Yeah. No, 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 no. I said only this tower. That's it. That's it. Tawaf al ifada actually you're gonna change your clothing. If you come and do the Jamrat al Aqaba and shave, you go to your hotel or villa, wherever you stay, you take a shower, alhamdulillah, and put your own clothing. So you don't have to worry about your name shit. Fadal, fadal is here. Ah, from here. Why just I said the answer already? The first tawaf, that's it. I said the first tawaf and then for the rest of the hajj no more ittiba you don't have to worry about it now another from the optional things that we make we perform in hajj taqbir al-hajar al-aswad fi tawaf aw istilamuhu aw al-ishara ilayhi wa takbir inda dhalik from the optionals also is kissing the black stone. In Tawaf, not just somebody who's just going over there. In Tawaf. Okay? You were about to make Tawaf, you kiss, you, you start by kissing the black stone. That's optional. Or if you cannot kiss it, it's too crowded, just touch it with your hand. If you cannot touch it with your hand, why? Because you're way over there. Far. Crowded, what you do? Point to it with your hand and don't kiss your hand don't kiss your hand and say Allahu Akbar this is all optional once again you see people they just sit there and say we came all the way from America brother we're gonna kiss that black stone I'm not gonna go back home after 7,000 miles spending $6,700 a package people are gonna ask me did you, black, did you kiss the black stone? oh no no what? Come on, what hajj is this? What hajj is this? Did he even kiss the black stone? So especially some good, some brotherly, big guys. Allahumma barik. And some of them we advise them. In the classes in Medina, the whole week. Yeah, this is the sunnah. Don't harm people and don't harm yourself. Because harming people is haram. Pushing. Because you see that? You can even see it on YouTube clips. People fighting, people falling, breaking their legs. All of this because they said they want to kiss the black stone. Kissing the black stone is a sunnah. You kissed it or you don't, your tawaf is still okay. Actually, Sheikh bin Baz, he said, if you go there and you look and you say, look, if I go there and try to go, try. A lot of people don't even make it. Some people are carried with the crowd. If you say, if I try to go there, I'm going to hurt myself or I'm going to hurt somebody. Or, worse, women be there. No? Some men, they go there, they need a ghusl. It's bad, it's very bad. So, now you say to yourself, I can do that. No, it's, it's, it's not working. It does, there's no way I'm going to 
go there without harming somebody or receiving harm, Sheikh Mulbaz says, and you leave it alone, you get rewarded for that. So why you want to go and jeopardize your tawaf? Likewise, you can kiss it, you can get close from far. You point with your hand, say Allahu Akbar, don't kiss your hand. You don't kiss your hand. So you see people sitting there seven times, some ten, some thirty-seven, because bid'ah is different levels. Different levels of innovation. Some sit there seven times. That, these are the people, by the and especially they be a group of fifty, a group of a hundred, and they stop. They 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 hold the whole tower. They don't want to cause problems. See how bid'ah are bad. They stop there, and if you said. Keep going. Oh, I'll listen to them. No, no, no. Go away. Go away. And they practice. They sit there and watch. Alhamdulillah, now, <laughs> a couple years before, they used to have a line. You see this line? They used to have a line on the floor, a black line or a brownish. It goes straight to the black stone corner. And that black that that line used to cause a lot of problems. Why? Because people be looking for it, and they stop looking for it. Those they says we passed it. They stop going the other way until they look at it and they sit on it like they they making a lines in a salah, <laughs> and they stand on it and face it. And some people tell them, no, little bit, little bit more, go this way. Oh, all this stuff is not from the sun. Alhamdulillah, they take that off now. They don't have it anymore. So whenever you see yourself as you're walking, you see that you are in the same diameter with the Hajar al-Aswad. That's all what it counts. You don't have to sit there and get a, what do you call it? Huh? A bozar and la Three angles, yeah, two. One and a half. Right. Yeah, People be doing that. And they're the one that cause hardship for others because they stop. Once a group stop, forget about it now. Everybody gonna suffer because some people not paying attention and they run to each other. You may run to an old man, an old woman, and hurt them. Yeah, subhanAllah. So those are just the sunnah. She cannot kiss the Hajar Aswad, it's okay. Al-Rukn al-Yamani, also Rukn al-Yamani. The blocks, the the the, the Kaaba has how many corners? Four. So we have the Hajar al-Aswad, the one right before it, because we start from Hajar al-Aswad, and then you go to the second corner, the third corner, okay, then the fourth corner. Or you say, let's say the, the Hajar al-Aswad is the fourth one. You start from it, but let it, let's make it the fourth, because you're going to end in there. The one just after it is the first. Then the third, this one right before the Hajar al-Aswad, huh, in the same wall with the Hajar al-Aswad, before it, that's Rukn al-Yamani. Why Yemeni? Because from Yemen corner, because from the south. Okay, that's south right there. That one too, not kissing it, just touching it. 
istilamuhu. Okay? We don't kiss. You see people over there kissing everything. People kissing each other. If somebody is kissing the Kaaba, another one kissing the one who's kissing the Kaaba, the one kissing the one who's kissing the one who's kissing the Kaaba, and they think they got some great reward by doing that. Some people bring their hand to a group and they kiss his hands. Some he, he the one who touched the, the, the Rukn al-Yaman or the Kaaba, he bring his hand and they have uh, prayer rugs and they are put it on prayer rug, mean barakah. You see stuff right there by Allah. Allahumma hadi ibadak ya Rabb. May Allah guide his servants to the Sunnah. I mean, Muslims want to go, want to progress, but the Johan, many people don't know what Islam is. Also praying two rakats after tawaf. Whether that tawaf is obligatory or it is wajib or mustahab. And also drinking from Zamzam water after finishing the tawaf. That's also from the sunnah. Some people they think now I have to drink Zamzam Otherwise, they are not going to go to say. And if they cannot find Zamzam because, subhanAllah, it's too many people, it's big place, and people get lost looking for Zamzam water. Instead to say, oh, we couldn't find Zamzam water, alhamdulillah, we tried, let's go make say. That's from the Sunan. When you get to Safa and Marwa, they are like little hills, okay? Climbing that hill and facing the Qibla and making dua, that's a sunnah. It's a sunnah. Right now you can't even climb, climb anything, that's it. Because alhamdulillah they put a wall around it. Because people used to get there and hurt themselves and fall and stampede. Alhamdulillah they put a barrier, that's it. Nobody can go there. But they can still stand right next to it, alhamdulillah, and make dua. And they have a lot of room but safe. Alhamdulillah for them. Likewise that dhikr Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar And then you make dua Before you go between the Safa and Marwa That's only Sunnah What does it mean? It means if it's crowded And, and then the soldiers or the police Or the people who are in there working Facilitating the, the flow of the traffic They says move, you move وَإِنَّمَا الْأَعْمَالُ you got a group of 300 people they all want to stand right there now the people are coming they want to make a turn to go back to Marwa they, they closing the whole thing they barricading they causing a lot of problems because if they stop people people are still coming you picture it right and that's where problems happen now people they says look for the safety of yourself and others keep going people they want to argue yeah he's a sunnah your say is still okay. And you get reward according to your intention. Likewise, remember this dua and dhikr you do it while you're facing the qibla and it is a sunnah. Likewise, when you go between sa'i 
Safa and Marwa, and Marwa to Safa, there is a green. It's a long stretch. It's a long way. It's long. Not a mile, I don't think so. It's less, but it's a long way. You're going to walk for a minute. Alright? And, but, as soon as you leave Safa, maybe 50 meters or something, alright? Maybe 100 feet or so, you're going to see a green light. It used to be only a green mark in here and then another 70 feet or 100 feet another green mark now they have it all green light so the people can see it because sometimes people they couldn't see it and they miss it and what happened they want to go back and they cause problems so it is a sunnah to run once you get to the first mark the green men not women they run as much as they can okay but for those who are able, if somebody has bad knees, somebody who's on crutches, I am in a run. No, you don't run. Slow down, man. Don't run. It's a sunnah. And it is crowded. People, they be running and pushing people, elbowing others. La. Once again, the qaida, we don't call haram to perform one. Sunnah. What do you do in this case? Just walk with the people, alhamdulillah. Also from the recommended things and the actual things, spending the night in Mina, Yom Tarwiya, Yom Tarwiya, the eighth. That's when the Hajj began. Okay, that's from the Sunan. وليلة عرفة والدعاء ورفع اليدين بعد رمي الجمرة الأولى والجمرة الثانية Likewise The dua in عرفة Don't have to but this is very good dua It's very important but you don't have to If somebody didn't make one dua it's okay Alhamdulillah Hajj is okay but he, he lost a great apartment The best dua is the dua of عرفة so why person sit there chatting, talking about sports here in America? Huh? SubhanAllah. Talking about college football. Talking about this and that. In Arabah. Especially at this time when the people are afflicted with this technology now, with this smartphone. You gotta be smarter than the smartphone. You know? The phone can be smarter than a person, right? Well, that happens sometimes. Those phones, the people in Arafah, in Muzdalifah, in the Haram, people in the Haram, start to read Quran, remember Allah, contemplate. Excuse me, excuse me. Here's somebody in the eye, excuse me. In Tawaf, in Tawaf. smart akhi. put that phone away leave it in your room don't bring it with you you really want to keep with your family buy a Nokia phone they sell them over there for 15 bucks 
discussed it. Isn't it worth it? Yes, it is. Keep your phone in your, your room. Get a little Nokia phone for 15 bucks. It's only for health. They give you a SIM card and some minutes with it. I said, call your family or call somebody or just in case you're lost, you want to call the leader of your group, the other friends of your group, they come handy those little Nokia phones. I said, smartphone, Google, what's up, what's gone, what's down, this, that. I'm going to check my email, Tawaf, checking the email in Tawaf. Alhamdulillah. In, in, in Jamara, we want to throw. Don't know to throw or to look at the phone. Then the phone fell down. Want to pick it up. Somebody hit him with his knee. Blame it on Saudi government. Yeah, Saudi government got to do a better job. What do you mean better job? Yeah, he keep the phone away. This is Ibadah. This is Ibadah. You're making tawab. That's an act of worship. No phone, nothing is. Concentrate on the ibadah. We bring in this thing because we see these things. We see things. Well, like it is worse. We don't want to say it. See worse. And those amongst you didn't make it there, my Allah make it easy for you to make it. Amen. And you were like, Subhanallah, he didn't mention this one. <laughs> huh? And you're going to come and try to tell me, I said, I just don't want to like make the Last long, I want to take you far away from, you know. There's a lot of things along this time. That's why the ulama actually they have chapters on bidah bigger than this book. The bidah of ihram, <laughs> bidah of talbiyah, bidah of tawaf, bidah of the turaqah, bidah of safa and marwa, bidah of shaving. Bidah of Mina, Bidah in Arafat, Bidah in Muzdalifa, Bidah in Jamarat. Now, yes, there's books, ulama. And they don't gather everything, they gather what they know, what they see, the people doing it. Because now for Sheikh bin Baz, Sheikh bin Uthameen, they made Hajj. Sheikh bin Baz, they said maybe he made Hajj some, I don't know, they said 67 times or 70 or something. Rahimahullah. People that were making hajj when they were young, every year. And they see a lot of things and they have concern for the Muslims. They don't wrote this bidah because they want to expose the people. No, they want so that other people don't fall into this bidah. Because bidah is al dalala, you know that. Bidah, especially those people, they think they're doing that and they're doing something. MashaAllah, come on. And they should be saying, "A'udhu billahi min ash-shaytan rajim astaghfirullah wa atubuhi." So, alhamdulillah, those people maybe they read somebody else from this family read to them now these innovations that Sheikh Ben Baz mentioned, Sheikh Al Albani, Sheikh Muhtamim, Sheikh Fauzan, Sheikh Rabia, this Sheikh and that, so they can learn, inshallah Taala, and others don't fall into the same mistakes. Likewise, du'a. And raising your hand with it after throwing the jamarat, the first and the middle one. Because there is no dua after throwing the jamarat al aqaba. But this is a rule. On the eighth day, you, you throw the seven pebbles of jamarat al aqaba, no dua after that. Likewise, on the eleventh and the twelfth, 
And if you stay to the 13, there is no dua after the third one. Dua is only after the first one and the second one, and that dua is good, but it's optional. Okay? If somebody didn't do it, nothing against. Like, likewise, saying Allahu Akbar, when you throw those seven pebbles, you take the seven pebbles right here, right? Say Allahu Akbar and throw them, right? Is how we do it? All at once. Because it's crowded, so let's let other people come, right? No, you gotta throw one at a time. What happens if somebody has seven pebbles and say Allahu Akbar and throw them in this hawd? What happened? They count one. You still have to grab what? Six. Amen. So you have seven. That's why you gotta have them in your hand. Have all the papers in your left hand, hold tight, especially if it's crowded. You go like this, look at them. They're gone. Now, look, if it's crowded, if it this happened, and you lose the pebbles, don't you try to, what do you call it? Bend to get them. Don't make that mistake. Just go in the back, you will find some, inshallah. Because some people, they don't bring seven, they bring 70. They loaded, some people are loaded, you know? And then when somebody tells them, you need only seven. Yeah. What they do? As soon as they leave the crowd and dump them in there. People don't know. You're going to see a lot of people, especially after the last one. You're going to see, you think like, uh, uh, what do you call like uh, 18 wheelers flipped in there and it was loaded with pebbles. There's people. People, they take more than they should. They don't take seven. They have a bag, a gallon. <laughs> the shoes, yeah, that's another thing. That's from the Bida. Yeah, people throw their shoes, umbrellas. Anything. Sheikh Omar Bazmul, we were in his uh, lecture. We were in his lecture. And by the way, say you're talking about the Bida. Sheikh Bazmul, he was talking about the Bida of Hajj. And he couldn't finish them. He talked for like almost two hours. Couldn't finish them. Couldn't even get nowhere to help with them. And he was talking about this. He said, yeah, subhanAllah. The, even those who throw the pebbles, not shoes, they, they fall into bidah too. And hulu, if they bring big ones. Some people say, man, we're going to hurt the shaitan. And they bring big ones. He said, these little ones don't do nothing. They're just going to tickle him. <laughs> I remember once I was going, me and a couple of brothers, and this brother from another country, don't speak that in Arabic, of course, no English, no French, the little Spanish, I know nothing. But he was just furious, and he was so mad, this older man, and he's like, Shaitan too! Oh, he was, he was showing his language, but he was doing with his two fingers. I, we assume that he asking us, what is shaitan number two? The jamra they call the jamra. They call it shaitan. You know? And this is another bit. I see now we're going to start something else. Another class. To be mad and angry when you travel the pebbles. That's not from the sunnah. You have to be humble. And to be proud. You say, I got him. Then when you got home. You just use, you gotta stand in there with tranquility and peace of mind. Allahu Akbar. 
الله الله people now they put a wall people they are right there next to the wall and they go like this <laughs> and he bounces back that's not even counted doesn't count he has to fall in there and he bounces back for what to hit somebody else As a matter of fact, it happened to me, maybe six, seven years ago, when they just put another level. Because it used to be only one level, and it was, how there was mountains in there, very tight. We went the next year, we couldn't believe we, we, where we at. We didn't recognize the Jamarat. Jazakumullah khairan, they clear out mountains. We were like, subhanAllah. And they put another floor. Now there is like four or five now. There is four for sure. There is escalators now. Now you get an escalator to go for Jamarat. Allah Akbar. But then when it was like that, and it's still crowded, but then you have, when the people, they be like waiting to go to the Jamarat, as soon as they look at it, subhanAllah. You want to go around those guys. And then go to the middle or to the other end, you find yourself, you and a couple of people. That's true. And you look over there, they fight in and this, and, and you over here, you're in a couple of people. And that's what it is. Somebody give us that, that, that hint, you know. So I went there, and then it is this guy, I'm like, Allah, just me and the Jamra right here. Before, Akhi, Jamra is over there, that wall over there, and you're right here, you can't even get close because the people can't even get close. Now here, this is the wall, I'm here, Allah Akbar, this guy from Egypt, Lahja, because we know dialects, okay, because the, many Arabs don't speak Arabic, by the way, you know that, right? I mean the Fusha, the real Arabic that you learn in Arabic book one, Medina book one, many Arabs don't speak it, they speak their dialect Arabic, okay, it's Arabic words, but it's all broken, for instance, if if the Moroccans speak their dialect, the Saudis think they're Chinese. Yes, Chinese. I'm telling you. If Palestinians speak, the Moroccans and Algerians, they said they speak Chinese or Korean. We don't understand what they speak. It is so broken. Okay? He just sit next to me and he's smiling. He's like, Allah, this is beautiful. I said, yeah, alhamdulillah. He's like, just me and you. Allah, what hit me in the ear? <laughs> Blood on, on my haram. I'm like, what happened? Astaghfirullah. <laughs> then I'm like, look, if something meant to happen, the hadith that we be hearing here and reading it, now is the application. If something meant to happen to you, what happened? Nobody can stop. He's not going to escape you. He's not going to miss you. Here, me and him. The crowd over there. People are safe over there. I wasn't. And that taught me a big lesson. Now I understood clearly what, what that hadith really means. <laughs> and of course I smile and said, don't worry about it. <laughs> No, I don't think we're going to finish this book. But we're going to try, okay? Our best. 
Now the Sheikh is going to mention, <coughs> and there is others. The Sheikh he just mentioned these ones, okay? But there is other mustahabbat in the in the Hajj and Umrah. Now the Sheikh is going to mention now the intervals to make the time and the places to make to perform Hajj and Umrah, okay? As for the places, it is those places that whoever or he become binding and he become obligatory upon anyone who passed by them intending to perform Hajjur Umrah to engage in a state of Ihram from those places, not from somewhere else. To say Labbaik Allahumma Umrah, Labbaik Allahumma Hajj. Okay? Can't do it. Except when you get to those places or you're above them if you're on an airplane or you're side by side if you're driving or if you're on a boat and the like. Okay? And as we mentioned before, the hadith of Ibn Abbas who says that the Messenger of Allah has assigned for the people of Medina Dhul Hulayfa which is now famously known as Abyar Ali right after the outskirts of Medina if you're in a bus the bus will go of course it's now Medina is not the Medina you might think about the time of the Prophet not even 50 years ago or 20 years ago now Medina is crowded you know the bus now gets stuck in the traffic especially depend what what time that bus leave your hotel? Hey now, you'll be stuck in the traffic for hours just to get to the Mepad. Medina is getting bigger, crowded, especially in time of Hajj. Okay? So, so you, you drive a little bit and then right there you're going to see. Before you get on the highway that takes to Mecca, you pass by the, this place called the Hulayfa. The people of Sham, what is this Syria and Jordan and all those people, the Turkeys and come their way, they have a place called Al-Juhfa. And the people of Najd, Qarn al-Manazil. And the people of Yemen and whoever come from their way, Yalamlam. And this is for these people, but also anyone who come uh, their way, inshallah. So these places, the Prophet has signed them for those people. But anyone who can their way. Okay, only one anyone who can their way. But if someone leave after the Miqat, between that place and Mecca, they don't have to drive or walk back to the Miqat. No. These people they engage in a state of ihram from where they at. Even the people of Mecca, the people of Mecca from Mecca, the ulama they says for Hajj. Okay? For Hajj. Why? Because when they make an ihram and, and say Labbaik Allahumma Hajj from Mecca, from their home in Mecca, they're going to go to Arafah. And Arafah is outside the Haram. It's outside the Haram. But if they're going to make Umrah, they're still in the Haram. The sanctuary. The Shaykh said they have to leave, they have to go and in, 
make ihram from outside the haram. It's the borders, not the, just the masjid. The border is a big perimeter. So for Umrah, they go out that perimeter. Many of them, they go to this place called Masjid Aisha. It's called at tanim right outside the haram. The haram is not the masjid by itself. There is the haram, which is the masjid. But then Mecca, there is a perimeter, a big circle. I don't know, maybe a couple miles or something wide, diameter. That's all of it is haram, a sanctuary. So the people of Mecca who live there, if they want to make Umrah, they, if they live inside of this haram, this sanctuary, they can't just put on their ihram and their home and say, Labbaik Allahumma Umrah and come make tawab. No, they have to leave. Okay? They have to pass the borders, the boundaries of the haram. And that's when they say, Labbaik Allahumma Umrah, then come into the haram. You understand? So a lot of people, they choose to go to this place called the Tan'im, where there is this big masjid called Masjid Aisha. Why they call it Masjid Aisha? They say because that's where Aisha went. There was no masjid then. When Aisha radiallahu anha asked the Prophet after Hajj, she said, Oh Messenger of Allah, the people, they made Umrah and Hajj. Me, I just made Hajj. I can't just go back to Medina only with Hajj with, with, hajj with no Umrah. Why? Because her, when they make, when they came to Mecca, she was in her menses. So she couldn't make tawaf. So if a woman, there is a ruling, if a woman going to make hajj tamattu, and she, she has her menses, when she get to, the, to, the, uh, to Mecca, the woman do not make tawaf. She waits. If her menses come to an end before the eighth of the hijjah, then she will make tawaf and sa'i and umrah. But if the eight of the hijjah comes, she's still on her menses, she enters immediately automatically to hajj. Okay? So Aisha said to the Prophet, O Messenger of Allah, the people, <laughs> Shaykh al-Albani said, do you know what she means with the people? Huh? Co-wives. Shaykh al-Albani said she don't want to hear it when she go back to Medina. Yeah, you made only Hajj, we made Hajj and Umrah. Said Sheikh Al-Bani said, that's what she meant with the people. Her co-wives. He said, and look, there is a lot of Hajj, like I told you before. Some people they go, Hajj, okay, Tawaf, Umrah, Muzdalifah. No, Hajj is beautiful. You learn a lot. Even though Aisha, she doesn't have to make that Umrah. She had a valid excuse. And the Prophet ﷺ, because he's a nice person, a nice husband, merciful husband, he cares about his wife, he allowed her to go to make Umrah. Sheikh Al-Bani says, under these circumstances, Sheikh Ben Badi says, under these circumstances, they says, yes, we say, yes, if a woman comes to make Hajj, but did her menses didn't allow her to perform Umrah? Then we said to her, okay, if you want to make a Umrah, you can. He said, now here is a man who has no menses, and he want to make a Umrah. He said, we said, no, don't make Umrah. You see the point? 
So the Prophet said to his to her brother Abdul Rahman ibn Abi Bakr, he said, Go with your sister. And look another fiqh point fiqh here. That the ulama they use that if once you make finish Hajj, you don't have to go make Umrah. Some people they go and make three Umrahs, five, right around. But wait a minute. When they finish this Umrah, what did they have to do in the end of the Umrah? Huh? Shave the head, right? Some people they go and shave only a third. And they go get another ihram and come and finish, make another third. There is no Mr. T in Umrah, man. I'm telling you clearly. That's not permissible, right? You can't shave only one part. It's very important. But jahl, ignorance. And on top of that, those people who go and make Umrah, and this is not one or two, these are hundreds, dozens of thousands. They're the ones that cause problems for those who just come to make Umrah. They're real Umrah, and they cause problems for them. So there is. So look now another point of fiqh. Abu uh, Abdul Rahman, the son of Abu Bakr Sadiq radiallahu anhuma. When he went with his sister Aisha radiallahu anha, she's the one that she's, when she get there, she says, "La bayk Allahumma umra." He didn't say, "Okay, says I'm here. Let me put another one out there." No, he didn't, because they understood Yahwan. The Prophet said to him, go with your sister. He didn't say to him, go make another Umrah. He went with his sister. She's the one that said, let's Allahumma Umrah. And he came back with her. And she's the one that made the Umrah, not him. However, the ulama from the Sheikh bin Bazi says, look, but there is exceptions. If there is this man who came from far country in Africa, in Asia, I don't know where. And this man... Maybe he may never come back because he doesn't have the means. Maybe he was saving for 25 years to make it to the Hajj. And his mother died. His father died. I don't know his grandmother's this, this. His wife, and he wants to make Umrah on his mother. The, the Sheikh Ubel says, for that person, we say, Inshallah. If he insisted to do it, we say, it's okay. But otherwise, making dua for them is better. Okay? And the fifth place of Miqat is that of Iraq for the people of Iraq and whoever come come their way. A point now, if somebody just passing going to Mecca for business, he lives there, he studied there like the students in Ummul Qura, they don't have no intention to make no hajj, no umrah, they pass the biqat without ihram. InshaAllah, hadha wa sallallahu wa sallam ala Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam wa taslimu kathira.